This is the Well-Connected Twin Cities podcast, bringing you conversations about holistic health and wellness with local voices, so you can get to know the incredible experts we have access to right here in the Twin Cities. This episode of the Well-Connected Twin Cities podcast is brought to you by Watershed Spa, the first communal bathhouse coming to the Twin Cities in 2022. This new concept is an expansion of Spot Spa, a Twin Cities favorite that's been around for 20 years. The new space will include a communal bathhouse with hot and cold pools, saunas, steam rooms, and dedicated areas for rest and relaxation. There will also be treatment options like massage, cupping, skincare, and other integrative healing modalities, along with a gorgeously curated retail section. Head over to watershedspa.com to learn more about how you can get early access and grab some amazing perks by supporting their crowdfunding campaign. You can get discounted bath passes, memberships, and exclusive spa products as a thank you for helping them bring this incredible vision to life this year. Learn more at watershedspa.com. Welcome back to the Well-Connected Twin Cities podcast. I'm your host, Lily Zaborowski, and in this episode, I'm joined by Mallory Hammers, a QNRT practitioner who started her career in mental health and then became a QNRT practitioner after experiencing it herself and feeling the incredible shift that happened and wanting to bring that to more people. So she now operates her business, Unlock Healing, and join me on the podcast to talk about what QNRT is, how it works, and why she's so passionate about it. So let's meet Mallory. Well, I'm here with Mallory Hammers of Unlock Healing. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much, Lily. I am super excited to be here. I feel pretty special right now. <laughs> Thank you. You are special. <laughs> I'm excited to chat with you about your area of excellence, which is QNRT. It's something that not a lot of people know about. And so we're going to get into what it is and how it works. But first, let's start with a little bit about you and what brought you to QNRT to begin with. So you started your career in mental health and then became a QNRT practitioner after experiencing it yourself. So can you share your story of how you got here and what led you down this path? Yes, definitely. Um, it's pretty twofold, both you know professionally and personally. Um, so just a little bit of background, I received my undergrad in health and human development back in 2008. And after that, I went on to various jobs working with youth. That was kind of my specialty area. I did AmeriCorps out in North County, San Diego working with youth at an elementary school and a middle school in Oceanside, California. Um, I also worked in the nonprofit world for a couple of years. I went out to the big island of Hawaii and worked on an organic farm out there um, and worked with youth that parents kind of from the mainland from the east and west coast shipped their kids over there for a program. Um, and I also worked at the Juvenile Supervision Center here in Minneapolis and it was kind of like all of those experiences ultimately led me to pursuing my master's in social work, um, which I completed at Augsburg College here in Minneapolis back in 2015. And so 
From there, I went straight into school of social work, which was ultimately like my end goal and my dream. I thought I was going to be a lifer, but as we know now that life took a different course. Um, but I did do two years at a setting for EBD program in District 916 and then did five years at a public charter high school in West St. Paul called Academic Arts High School. So that was kind of professionally. And then personally, there were other changes going on that also led me to QNRT. Um, so it was back in 2019 that I sought out some extra emotional mental health support. I had started fostering my son um, when he was 15 back in 2018. And then the adoption was finalized in August of 2019 when he was 16 years old. And so the saying that we are, you know, emotionally contagious human beings is pretty darn accurate. And when, um, like during that time, we both experienced that firsthand as we were like navigating our journey of becoming a family unit. And so I think, you know, becoming a parent at any given point in your life and in any capacity is a huge transition for most people. And in my case, my child was pretty grown and our nervous systems weren't always firing and working together. And so I ended up calling my acupuncturist who had moved out to California. And I just kind of explained, you know, that I was having a little bit of anxiety and some stuff coming up. Um, and he recommended for me to do QNRT. And at the time I was like, I have no idea what this is. I don't even care. I'm all in. <laughs> and he sent me to go see Janet Anderson in Edina. And it was in our first session that she learned that I was an LICSW, so a licensed independent clinical social worker. And she was like, oh, you know, you can get trained in this therapy. And I looked at her like she was out of her mind. Like <laughs> I'm coming to you for help and support. My life is very full and complex right now. Um, but to my surprise, after a year of doing that, um, it was almost a year to the date that I was attending my first training in QNRT. So stars just kind of aligned and life led me down this beautiful path. And um, I'm super grateful for it. So yeah, I, you know, I had done talk therapy and kind of started my own personal healing journey when I was about 30 years old and saw a lot of improvements and growth from that process. But QNRT kind of hit on a whole different level and, you know, the shifts and changes that I started seeing in myself along the way were pretty remarkable. And it was, you know, impacted my relationships with my son, with my family. But I would say for me personally, like my relationship with self was the most impacted. Um, and so I, I really don't believe that I could have actually have gone through the training of QNRT had I not done the work that I did prior as a QNRT client first. So very, very grateful. And now I just get to, you know, the gift that keeps on giving and I get to share it with, with others. So I've never experienced QNRT, but you have me very intrigued. <laughs> um, the fact that, you know, as a client, you found such incredible results that it drove you to be trained in it right away is pretty, Incredible. So let's talk about what it is. What is QNRT and how does it work? Yeah. So QNRT stands for quantum neuro reset therapy. And it's basically based on, you know, the knowledge and research, a lot of research that is 
been coming out in the last decade or so that, you know, unresolved emotional stress and trauma, either generational or past or present can lead to that physical, emotional, and mental breakdown when it's locked and stored in the body and when it's unresolved or attended to or healed. And so QNRT uses a protocol to create a shift in the nervous system along with resetting the brain's response to emotional triggers. And that is done through an integration process. And so there's a few like key things that I like to touch on before actually talking about what we call the QNRT reset. And number one is that I help people understand that we operate 90 to 95% out of our subconscious. So it is a beast. <laughs> um, I, you know, always re reference the iceberg image. So that top 10% that we have access to and that we see is our conscious mind. And then that massive body below is our subconscious. And that's more what QNRT is actually targeting. The other thing is, is that our brains cannot actually tell the difference between emotional and physical pain. The same part of the brain gets activated and we respond very similarly to both, which includes, you know, more of our automatic, automatic responses to triggers, both physically and emotionally. And so I'll talk more about that in a little bit, but the other plug that I just want to say is that, you know, the past three years, uh, we've kind of all entered this state of survival mode, right? <laughs> I know you can see that we all can see it, we all can experience it. And with that being said, you know, through all of what our community and our country and our world has gone through, it really has brought a lot of, you know, past trauma and stress and old, you know, pain and hurts and wounds to the surface. So a lot's been activated within us as individuals through the past few years and everything that we've endured. And so I'm also very grateful that I got trained in this work when I did, because I can come alongside others in their healing journey, um, which is really necessary right now. So I, um, I want to touch a little bit on that trauma piece. And, you know, as a practitioner, I come from a very broad lens of trauma. Um, definition of trauma. And so we all experience and carry trauma, emotional wounds, stressors, whether that come from our own experiences or stuff that's been passed down generationally. Um, these experiences are then stored in our body and can cause that breakdown that I was talking to if we don't integrate and heal from them. And so when these experiences initially and first occur, a neuropathway is created and it's imprinted on our hippocampus, the part of the brain that stores memory. And it's also imprinted on our nervous system at large. And so because our brain and body's main priority at all times is to self-protect and it goes to pretty great lengths to do so, we automatically go into survival mode and a stress response gets activated when those initial things occur. And those stress responses uh, include the five F's. And most people are really familiar with, you know, fight, flight, and freeze. A couple that have been added recently are fib and fawn. So fib is lying out of self-protection. So we see that a lot in our kids and our teenagers. But if you, you know, know of any adults who um, tend to 
lie on impulse or struggle with that, that could be a really good indicator that there's an unresolved issue um, from earlier in life and that pathway is still being fired out of self-protection. And then fawn is the other one. And that's more of our people pleasing, you know, submissive, like to shove things under the rug. Um, and oftentimes in that one, we're compromising our own needs right along the way. And so how we responded in those moments initially was most likely a very adaptive and necessary response, right? So the problem is though, is when something gets relatively close to that wound or that stressor um, and we get triggered, that same pathway gets fired and we're shot right back into autopilot mode and reacting without really realizing it. And so you hear this a lot of people may, that may have like moved away from their family or, and then they go back for holidays and they're like, why am I reacting the way I did when I was like a teenager? You know, what is that? Well, there's reasons for that. <laughs> and so, um, like I said, what was once adaptive becomes maladaptive if it continuously is repeated, um, even when there really isn't a threat or harm, the brain gets tricked in thinking there's that perceived threat, right? And it gets shot, that pathway gets fired and we're, we're back to reactivity. And so this is where we tend to develop things like our defense mechanisms, our negative patterns, maybe some destructive behaviors. Um, we also kind of tend to develop these, you know, false beliefs and false narratives about ourselves because of either um, how people treated us or experiences that we had. And all those things are really good at self-sabotaging, you know, our true stories and our authentic selves. And so we really need to heal um, from our past, right? And the other thing, you know, that I like to talk about is that, and this is more so for some, you know, bigger T traumas as we call them, or more intense, um, more maybe life-threatening traumas. But if that stress response cycle was not able to be carried through to completion, that unresolved activation of energy then gets locked in the nervous system. And it's intense and it's a lot and it's hard to cope and deal with. And it needs to be discharged in some way, shape or form. And so with the excess of energy being stored in the body, people will typically tend to cope and manage by becoming either a repressor or an expressor. Um, and repressors tend to be really good at, you know, shoving those emotions back down to where they came from. You cement them in, whether that be through, you know, avoidance, denial, chemical, you know, and substance abuse, binge watching, anything to avoid, right? And to just get rid of that feeling. And so you're, you're repressing those back down to where they came from and not consciously processing them. And then on the other hand, we have what we call these expressors who kind of express those big emotions to the outside world. And expressions of emotions can be very healthy. And at other times they can be very unhealthy, right? And sometimes that can come out in forms of projection or attacking or abuse. And that can be really harmful to either the individual themselves and or others around them, right? So there needs to be 
some type of integration and release from those emotional wounds or those stressors um, that just no longer serve us, right? And can actually cause more problems in our life. And so in the chiropractic world, uh, they call it an adjustment and in QNRT, we call it a reset. And so I like to describe the process as physical therapy for the brain and the nervous system. And a few different things take place during the reset. We always get the hypothalamus involved and that is basically the command center of the brain and plays a big role in our autonomic nervous system as well as like our emotional activity. So that always gets activated. And then the brain lobe that's involved gets activated through light and eye movement. Um, so similar, you know, uh, concept to EMDR in that sense, if people are familiar with that process, um, it looks a little different in QNRT, but so during those stress responses, uh, we are not really accessing our upstairs brain, that prefrontal cortex, that reasoning and thinking brain. Um, and the, that gets flipped offline in the moments of when the body's, you know, doesn't have the ability to cope. And so what comes online is the downstairs brain, more of our feelings um, and emotional brain. And so when that happens, we're actually experiencing those things through our senses. We're taking them in through our senses. And so along with that brain activation, we also have to exercise our cranial nerves. And so we exercise cranial nerve number eight through sound um, and using tuning forks. We activate cranial nerves number seven and nine through taste. So I might have you put a mint in your mouth during the reset. Um, number one is through smell using essential oils. And there might be some possible like movements from the shoulder up or facial expressions that I'll have you do to exercise the other cranial nerves. And this is all done simultaneously to repattern, some may say rewire the brain's response and creating those new neuropathways so we can respond in much safer and productive ways um, from like a truer, healthier place instead of through those old filters pathways and places of, you know, wounds and other negative experiences. Mm -hmm. And so the whole process of QNRT is actually done through muscle response testing and minimal talk, which is a huge draw for some people who may have gone through years of talk therapy. You know, I think there's a time and a place for everything, but, um, by the time people come to me, they're, they're pretty done with, with talking. And so we rely heavily on the body's ability to communicate. And we really trust the body in the process and what it chooses to bring up during each session. And so there's no really agenda pushing on my end or the client's end. Um, you know, we, I feel like with Western medicine and practices, you know, and I'm not against it at all, but I think we, we have moved away from kind of tapping into our bodies and listening to them and allowing them to inform us as well as its natural ability to, to heal. So QNRT really trusts and utilizes kinesiology style muscle testing to guide us through the entire process. For anyone who's not familiar with muscle testing, can you explain how that works a little bit? Yeah. So the basic principles of kinesiology style muscle testing is that 
when there's some stress or abnormal nervous system input in a muscle that it weakens. And so I'm testing through um, your arm, doing muscle testing through your arm. And so with that kinesiology style muscle testing, it's, it found that a muscle stayed strong after a client, you know, spoke or was thinking true statements that aligned with their, you know, their, their true core. And they tend to go weak when there's maybe those false statements or false narratives that I talked about. And so that, that is really, you know, it's, it's the client's body that's guiding the entire process, which I think is just such a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's nice to know you don't have to come with, here's my trauma that is affecting me. And here's how I, you know, here's what we need to work on that your body kind of guides that. And and you don't have to come with an agenda or knowing what you're even trying to heal from. Totally. And, you know, I think that takes a lot of pressure off people. And I also think, you know, this process, you're not having to sit and with the trauma for very long, you know, it's, it's a quick process. Um, and so you're, you're not being re-traumatized by reliving and, and retelling that story over and over and over, you know, and which I think can get really hard on, on clients. For sure. And I think the point you made earlier about trauma, you know, being such a breadth of experiences can be covered under trauma. I think like years ago, more people would have thought trauma is like your big T trauma that you were talking about, where it's like specific experiences or things that are really bad, quote unquote. But I think what more people are talking about in the past few years, especially is the effects of chronic stressors, or things that we might think of as small in the grand scheme of things, how they've affected us over time, or I think in childhood as well. I mean, you're the expert, but just. (laughs) No, you're completely spot on with that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some, I think trauma is, is a word that is being used in a lot of different ways right now. And like I said, it's not to undermine people's big T traumas, but it's also to just be all inclusive of people's experiences and something that may have been traumatic for me, like you and I could experience the same thing. And because of our past experiences or generational trauma, you know, things like that can alter how we experience it and can impact how we experience it. So what may have been not traumatic for you was overwhelming for my body and my nervous system because of my past. Yeah. And so, yeah. Spot on. Yeah. Okay. Well, we know now how QNRT works. You've explained much more about that. So thank you. Can you tell us more about what treatment looks like? How often do people work with you? Does it vary depending on the person? How does it go? Yes, um, it definitely varies depending on the person. Um, But during that initial appointment with me, I do an assessment that allows me to give kind of like a recommendation of how many resets I would like the client to consider doing. Mm -hmm. However, I am really big on empowering my clients and acknowledging the fact that, you know, individuals are the experts in their healing journey. I am not they are. So I really leave it up to them and how they, you know, 
decide how many they want to do and when they want to do them. One-off resets are beneficial. Of course, you're still, your body's still processing and integrating and releasing something. But with anything, you know, the more that you do, I think the quicker results that you get. So I do recommend, you know, if clients want to go down that path to see me once a week up front. Um, but ultimately it is their decision. Uh, I have a lot of clients that will do the recommended amount of resets and then come back for maintenance every couple of, you know, few weeks. And then I also have, a, you know, quite a few clients that just really love the process, love how it makes them feel and, and continue seeing me on a weekly basis. So it really is dependent on the client. Okay. What are some common reasons that people come to see you for this? I cannot tell you how many times, Lily, I have heard people say that they just feel stuck. They've tried multiple other modalities that have brought relief, but they just feel like they have may have plateaued in that work and are just looking for something different. But everybody's journey that brings them to QNRT is really different. Um, however, I would say the one thing that never fails is timing. And so many clients after they have their first reset, an appointment will, will say to me, I mean, it's, it's so many times people will say this couldn't have come at a better time. And for me as the practitioner, you know, I just feel like that's reassurance and affirmation of the mind body connection, right. And the, and the body informing the individual that it's time for a shift time for a change. And I love when people honor and listen to that. So a lot of people that are just feeling stuck, um, some people that may be struggling just with, you know, the emotional weight of stress, uh, anxiety, depression, maybe some sleep problems. So, you know, people come with all sorts of different needs, but um, yeah, I just love the fact that it seems like this divine bigger thing that's guiding, you know, and it's that internal clock of them just coming yeah. at the right time mm -hmm. and honoring themselves in that process. So it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And you know, I will just say one more thing about that. Like right now, more than ever, I, you know, as I mentioned, it's just really imperative that people start leaning into their healing. Um, however that looks for them in whatever way, I just, you know, with everything that we've gone through in the last few years and just, and for other people, generations of stuff that, you know, I, I really would love for our communities and the world at large to be a safer place for all people to exist in. And we're seeing the results, you know, of, of trauma and generational trauma and racism and hate crimes and, and all of these things that are, you know, terrifying and and quite frankly, life or death for some individuals of just what's going on, right? And I know, you know, the things that I just mentioned, the complexities and that there's larger systems at play that have a vast impact on those things. But I also truly believe that healing is a giant step in the right direction. Yes, I um, agree. And I think it helps people show up for the work that's needed for all of the changes that need to happen in our yeah. institutions, our systems, our structures. Like, yes. we can't move forward without individuals that are feeling balanced and supported, you know? 
You know, Resma Menachem says it best, I think. And I don't know if you've read My Grandmother's Hands. It's a yes. beautiful book. I read it, you know, years ago, but there's, he states that there's a way out of this mess and it requires each of us to begin with our own body. He states, you know, your body, all of our bodies are where changing the status quo must begin. And I, I feel he's spot on with that. And it's, it really is our own responsibility to heal as individuals. I know there's a lot of beautiful community healing too, that's also taking place that I love. Um, but yeah, I just think that it's a safe observation that it's pretty emotionally charged out there still. <laughs> and I, you know, I feel like we're just living in this giant game of pinball and our nervous systems are just ricocheting and bouncing off one another. And we really need to calm down the temperature in our nervous systems, right? So we can all become less reactive and more responsive. Um, and by doing that, I think that we will create safer spaces and environments for ourselves and those around us. You know, my mantra for Unlock Healing is when we heal individually, we heal collectively. And I'm a firm believer in that. And that is really what drives my work, to be honest with you. Like the social worker in me is always going to be thinking about you know, the collective whole. And for me right now, this work, it starts with the individual first. So. Yeah. What kinds of results do people see even after that first session or maybe also over time? Yeah. So everybody's bodies really respond to QNRT differently. Um, there are some people that have some pretty intense visceral responses in the reset and or just leave feeling lighter that something has been lifted, um, which is really great. And then other people, there's more gradual, um, you know, responses and that's that people just feel more calm, have the ability to kind of self-regulate more. I hear all the time that, you know, things that once really affected them negatively or bothered them don't as much after QNRT and that they just have a better and healthier response to those things um, because they have the ability to, you know, to have that pause and respond rather than react um, from those old places that, you know, weren't healed. And so, um, yeah, I think, you know, there's been people that say just overall a decrease in anxiety. Um, they have the ability to focus. It like opens up space on the brain. So their ability to focus um, increases and they just have more energy. Um, I've had a lot of clients just say that they just feel a lot more grounded and rooted in like who they truly are. And like, they start to feel like themselves again, which, you know, I always say like who we are is already within us. That person is always there waiting to be unlocked and rediscovered. It just may take some extra love and healing to get there. But um, so, yeah. Yeah. Any stories you can share or anecdotes about specific people and what they've experienced? Uh, I've had a lot of clients claim that I've saved their marriage. <laughs> um, so I'm not claiming that QNRT does that, but I have had. <laughs> I have to say that is huge because personally, I am just around so many couples right now that are going through really hard times. Yeah. And I don't know what it is, if there's like an overarching theme right now, but I have just 
seen secondhand so much of that and it's really really heartbreaking so the fact that it can help with <laughs> marriage and relationships i mean that's huge yes it is huge you know and i and i think to be honest we're seeing a lot more of that because of like i said earlier of what this you know the pandemic and the killing of George Floyd, like the social and racial unrest, everything that kind of came to the surface brought a lot of personal individual stuff to the surface, you know, being in lockdown, having to actually not be able to dodge and avoid and distract, right? Having to face things head on, it brought some complexities to relationships and marriages. And you know, oftentimes I see one client comes in and starts doing the work and then the other or their partner, you know, will see those shifts and changes and want in on that. Um, but I do, I will say this, it is important for both people to be doing some type of work simultaneously because, you know, what can happen is that if one person's doing that work and the other person's not, they can tend to go in opposite directions, right? Yes, so I've it, heard that from other practitioners and people in relationships too, that's happened. Yeah. Um, I also had a client, this is actually really early on in my practice. I had a client who is just loved QNRT. She was all about it. She referred a bunch of people, which I'm very grateful for. Um, but she, all of a sudden she just stopped showing up. And I, so I reached out to her just to check in and see how she was doing. And she shared that she was actually pregnant. Um, she got pregnant at age 41. And prior to that, you know, she had experienced failed IVF and um, pregnancy losses and you know, she really attributed her getting pregnant to healing, the healing work through QNRT. And, you know, again, I'm not claiming that QNRT can do that. Mm -hmm. However, you know, I do believe that healing through balancing the brain and the nervous system, it opens up pathways that may have been blocked, you know, by unidentified trauma and stress that was stored in the body and just needed releasing for things to function properly. So yeah. that was really a Awesome. Um, I mean, I think that just points to how things are so interconnected and we know very little about how all those connections work in the mind and body. Um, I think we know a lot, but we still probably don't know a lot, right? Yes, totally. Uh, I had another client, you know, I, I like mentioning this too. Like she just shared that she was overwhelmed from being so seen and known and safe in the messiness of life that she was going through, um, like through the QNRT resets and sessions. And, you know, I think that's the other thing that this process offers is it's very validating, you know, through QNRT, the body brings up certain emotions that are attached to specific life experiences. And it's maybe for the first time ever that the individual can feel truly seen and validated in that experience. Um, and that they're doing that when they are in a regulated state and in a safe space. And it, that's so important. And, you know, that in and of itself is extremely powerful and transformative for individuals. Yeah, definitely. What do you wish more people knew about what you do or what, 
do you think are some common misconceptions? Well, one thing is I want more people to know that it exists. <laughs> um, because, you know, QNRT is still relatively new in the mental health world. Um, the founder, Dr. John Turner, started training, I believe, back in 2015. And that was more so with chiropractors because he is a chiropractor himself. Um, but this technique is extremely beneficial for mental and emotional healing. And at the end of the day, exactly what you were just talking about, it is all connected. And so a lot of the time, our physical health is the manifestation of our emotional health, right? And so when we don't take care and address one, it greatly impacts the other. Mm -hmm. And so that's something, but yeah, just that QNRT is out there and to have access to it. Um, the other thing too, that I like to mention is that Emotions that are brought up in the stress tissues through QNRT process are typically emotions that, you know, society and our culture have deemed as bad or negative. I'm putting those in quotes. You can't see me, but <laughs> um, which then tends to, you know, activate people's flight response, right? Or they don't want to feel, they don't want to experience those emotions. So then they become the suppressors and avoid those emotions. But I want people to know that emotions are nothing to be afraid of, um, that we can approach them with curiosity and empathy. And when we do that, we get to experience what it feels like to be fully human. And our emotions actually are meant to naturally flow through our bodies. Um, so it's when we tend to suppress or deny or avoid that that can create a whole other slew of problems, you know? Sure. So, and lastly, like I just, QNRT is very complementary to all other forms of healing. So it ultimately unlocks and releases things that the body has stored away, right? And has, may have remained dormant in the subconscious. So when those things are integrated and released, it really opens up parts of the individual that may have kept them stuck or feeling stagnant. Um, you know, I've had a lot of clients that say, you know, their yoga practice has gotten better or their meditation practice has gotten better because they have the ability to, you know, find their true center more after we've cleared some stuff through the QNRT process. Um, and also, you know, people that are already seeing talk therapists, it, you know, brings more information to the surface that they are then able to go and unpack if they choose to do so or want to um, in that process. So it's really, it's really complementary to all other modalities a client may be already utilizing. Yeah. Well, that sounds really powerful. Um, we have one last question before we wrap it up here. Um, it's a big question. <laughs> just, you know, something to share your perspective on. So how have you seen the field of mental health change since you've been a part of it? And where do you want to see it go? Or what do you hope for the future of mental health supports in general? I just minor questions, nothing big there, Lil. Right. <laughs> you know, I would say something that's been exciting for me about the mental health field and how it's changed is that there's just more and more being discovered and offered in regards to healing. Um, it's less of a one size fits all. You know, I feel like we're, we're starting to see the shift in moving away from just 
diagnosing, prescribing, and sending people on their way. Um, there seems to be a lot more humanity and love and connection and gentleness in the process of healing. And I think that's just a very powerful and necessary thing in the healing process um, to kind of tap back into our bodies and our body's ability to heal and inform in the process. And so I think there, you know, is a time and a place for everything. I'm not like, you know, I'm not completely anti-medication or anti-Western medicine. That's not really my style. Cause I think there's a time and a place for everything, like I said. Um, but I do think that a lot more is being offered across the board. And so as mental health needs are being more recognized and acknowledged and addressed, I think in a more holistic way, there's a lot more different types of healing being offered so that there's something out there for everyone which is really beautiful. The one thing though, I still, you know, think there's a lot of growth and an improvement in the areas of normalizing mental health needs. You know, we've come a long way, but there still is a need to, to be more comfortable with that um, along with just accessibility and ensuring that all people have access to what they need. Like as a collective, I think, we still have a ways to go in that area, but I will continue to, you know, have hope that we can and will continue to get there. So all people have access mm -hmm. to, yeah. to what they need. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. If people are listening and they're curious and want to give QNRT a try, or if they just want to connect with you and learn more, what is the best way for them to get started and how can they work with you? Yeah, people can head to my website. It's www.unlock-healing.com. Um, you can go ahead and schedule an initial appointment on there, or you can shoot me an email um, to set up maybe a phone conversation too, because I know people, you know, have a lot of questions about it and want to see if it's the right fit for them. So I'm always open to having that discussion prior. Mm -hmm. um, I also am on Instagram at Unlock Healing. So those are two platforms that you, where you can find me. And you do great reels on Instagram. So check oh out the reels. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Lily. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure.